Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we've got ourselves an annual exercise we do. We're going to take a little look at the 2023 free agency. Giants are going to have some money, so we're going to be looking at some top-of-the-market guys and some guys who may come on bargains. Um, Giants signed five and cut five guys, and then we got a little to talk about it from OTAs. Justin, how are you feeling uh, post-Andrew Thomas interview? And post, I don't have to go to New Jersey for like three months. Hallelujah. Bobby Skinner, hello. How are you? Everybody who's listening, hello. Producer Julian, hello. How you doing? Um, the kind of a, I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Thanks for the reaction to the Andrew Thomas interview. That was that was pretty, pretty cool. I'm excited that we're talking about some OTAs and we got to hear uh, Kafka again, uh, Dable, at least when we're recording this. I hope that we're going to hear Wink. Do you know if he's going to talk or if that's no, going to be put out? No, they're not talking to defensive coaches today. They're not? Nope. What about when? when are they going to? Probably next week. I hope so, because there's something particular that I want to hear uh, about what Wink Martindale has to say, but we'll talk about it then. Hi. Hi. Um, <laughs> Hi. Yeah, we, we got some news out of, out of out of OTAs. Aaron Robinson's at cornerback, too. You know, Lemieux at left guard. Um, some John Gaudet, Feliciano is still Richard. talking. Yeah, so we're going to get into all of that. But first, this episode was brought to you by... Aaron Boucher, he's our, Ooh. he's the only one. Aaron Boucher, he's a long time, he's a long time supporter though. I know that. Yeah, AB on Twitter, I think. And I think I, that's like the abbreviation. I think that's his like name on Twitter. Aaron so, Boucher. AB. AB went to Patreon.com/slash/TalkingGiants, uh, and for two dollars a month plus some other tiers, you know the drill. We got an afternoon little Patreon session going on right now. So Patreon.com/slash/TalkingGiants, favorite people in the world. Thank you. All right, Justin, let's get into some of the OTA roundup before we get into the other things. Um, a few things coming out of of the OTAs, mostly from press conferences and some other on-the-field notes. But the first thing from the press conferences was with Brian Dable um, and Mike Kafka talked on it a little bit. But Brian Dable really talking about making this team more aggressive um, and fitting guys into the scheme according to their strengths, you know, which sounds like coach speak, but he's, they've got the track record of doing it. You know, he had a quote on Daniel Jones saying like, Hey, it's May. Go out there and throw a few picks in practice. Don't no sweat. Like we're going to, you know, throw some tight window throws. You know, let's, let's push the ball downfield. And Daniel Jones even said in his press conference, like, Hey, he's got uh, a mindset of being aggressive and letting the wide receivers know we're going to give you the opportunities to make plays. So this is just stuff that is being, you know, we keep on hearing it here. Hearing it, we've seen it with Buffalo, we've seen it with Kansas City and Mike Kafka, and I think that's like really good signs for this offense for this upcoming season. Um, and Daniel Jones, you know, this is Daniel Jones' last chance, and the only way that he's going to do, you know, get the opportunity to be with the Giants for a fifth year is to go out there and be aggressive and be good at being aggressive. I feel bad for Daniel Jones's brain because it's his rookie year. He's maybe told something similar to what he's being told now, maybe not so ultra aggressive. And then 2020, 2021, just cut the aggression out, just cut it cold. And then now we're we're back into it. Like literally what Brian Dable is saying about Daniel Jones this spring is the opposite of what Jason Garrett said about Daniel Jones this spring of 2020. And his first offseason here is that we want to cut down on the turnovers. And now Brian Dable's like, hey, you know, fuck it. Throw out and throw some interceptions during the spring. So <laughs> I feel bad for his brain and his psyche just says, well, what do you want me to do? 
Like, what should I do as a quarterback in the NFL? So, um, well, it's wild. It's got to feel good from the point of view. It's like, hey, he he knows this is his last chance. He had the fifth year option decline. It's like, okay, well, at least I'm going to be going out with someone swinging. who's going to give me Go the shot swinging. to be the guy. Yeah. You know, instead of the last coaching staff who just tried to, you know, win, you know, by freaking getting 10 yards every three plays and, and controlling the clock and playing defense, you know. So this coaching staff is going to give him that opportunity to go out and ball. You know, there will be no, uh, you know, uh, the stamp, the coordinator sucks. You know, I'm not saying Brian Dable and Mike Kafka will be great, you know, right off rip. You know, you know, obviously they don't have the personnel they had, but they're going to give them the opportunity to do the best with what they have. You know, and he was talking, he talked about, he mentioned Kadarius Tony and, and Kenny Galladay specifically. You know, he's like, hey, they're they're starting to install their playbook, the early portions of it. And it's like, hey, on this concept, if you feel more comfortable doing this route this way, then do it. And, you know, same with Galdi. It's like if you feel, you know, being physical and more vertical, you know, so like like an example of something like that could be like, hey, they're running Flood, which is a high to low three level read. You love Flood. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. Um you know, it's like, okay, like Galdi, you feel comfortable in this. And, and Tony, how do you, do you feel more comfortable running the flat? Do you feel more comfortable running, you know, the backside dig or, you know, uh, you know, things, things of that nature. So working on those things, getting those things done early and really talking with those players. And it's really good to see Kadarius Tony there. Um, although him and Galdi are in red jerseys, but it seems like that's more precautionary than it is. Yeah. Don't care. Don't care. They're not. Even if they didn't have the red jerseys on, they're not doing anything major anyway. So this is basically just a glorified walkthrough anyway. So yeah, there, there was no pictures or news from uh, that Tony was there the past two days, you know. But we had known that he was in the building and stuff before that, so there's a little calmness. But part of me was like, hopefully, I, I really was like dreading, you know, media shows up on Thursday and it's like Tony's not here. So when I saw they're here but they're in red jerseys, my, my I smiled. You know, I, the red jerseys didn't bother me at all. Yeah. You know, this is the time of year where they're going to be extra precautionary, especially you got new rookies on the team, guys trying to make the team. So very clear, like, hey, let's not let's not bump these cats around. Yeah, yeah, all for it. Attendance seemed to be good. Uh, Dable talked about that. Um, he talked about Tony specifically. Said that he has a personality that kind of lights up a room. So all for it, man. Like, let's uh. Let's rock and roll. Let's get this offense installed. They're they're put they're putting a lot on these guys from from what I from what I know and from what Kafka and Dable are saying. And I what I really love about and again these are just press conferences. You can't take a lot out of it. But what I love about Kafka and Dable right now is that even though they never did work together, Garrett and Judge never worked together. But they're speaking very similarly in terms of the the things that they're talking in terms of the timeline of how they're installing things. Um, where this was something that we talked about in the moment with Judge and Garrett. They never seem to be on in sync. They never seem to be in sync with each other. Um, I'm excited to go and actually they watch were. these. They, no, it, it, I'm excited to go and watch these practices if they open them up because I never saw I never saw Joe Judge and Jason Garrett talk to each other once when Snacks and I were in Massachusetts. They didn't have a conversation with each other. Him and Patrick Graham were talking. Joe Judge was screaming at Thomas McGahee and Tom Quinn because that's what he did with special teams. <laughs> but I just never saw Jason Garrett and Joe Judge have a single conversation. Whereas Kafka and Dable, at least in these pressers, they're speaking kind of like the same language and the way that they're talking about the timeline of installing things, it's similar. So I like that. Yeah, so so hearing good things, now it's time to be about it. Other yeah. things, cornerback two has been a big question mark. What we all kind of assume, Aaron Robinson did work at cornerback two um, in the media sessions for OTAs. I don't know if they're allowed to tweet that, but I they were they were Aaron Robson was working at cornerback too. 
Again, I think they're going to. They've added some vets, which we're going to talk about in a second. You know, and obviously they're not going to throw those guys right in. But if the chips are down, it seems like Aaron Robinson, that is where he's going to land. And I think that makes the most sense. I know he projects best in the slot, but there's so much. If there is a position that the Giants have a little bit of depth in, it's, it's at slot corner. And I think it just makes the most sense that Aaron Robinson is going to play outside. He, well, he's the one you could, like, if you ask this, you know, Cordell Flott, Darnay Holmes, Aaron Robinson, who's the best outside cornerback 2022, I think everyone lands on Aaron Robinson for that role. Like, definitely yeah. not Darnay, and Flott maybe could be eventually, but not right away. Not not, not right away, no. Um, Shane Lemieux is working at left guard over Max Garcia, which I really like. Um, I want. Can him we to get- agree that the best the version Zuda. the best version of the New York Giants in 2023 is on the left side is Shane Lemieux and Andrew Thomas at left tackle and left guard 23 or 22 I'm sorry um for for 2022 I'm getting too excited about our 2023 free agency preview yeah I think so I mean I like Lemieux better than what Garcia will would bring especially at this point of his career um I w- I would like to see Lemieux win that job I don't want Josh Tazudu thrown in there right away I said that on a stream with a uh, pest and hub, and they looked at me like I had five heads. I was, I, I don't think that's an outlandish take, but maybe but, a lot of fans want Azudu in their day one. But I do think Lemieux. Yeah, everyone wants the rookies to play day one. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the best version of the Giants' offensive line is those two guys together for for right now. Listen, if Azudu works through some of his weaknesses and like looks like, hey, he's ready to go, then go by all means. But I would like to see him work as becoming a better offensive lineman. And again, there's much different. You practice much differently when you're worried about getting better at your position compared to worrying about how to do better against the opponent. It just it makes a huge difference. You know, let him work on his technique, um, you know, not be, you know, flustered with the playbook and, and uh, things of that nature. Um, so I, I, I would like Azudu to sit off off rip. You know, again, he can come in and prove me wrong, but uh, I'm I'm not in any rush to play Josh Azudu. Yeah. And these things always seem to work themselves out. That's a, that's going to be a common phrase that I'm going to say this summer when we're talking about depth or where we're talking about positional battles. Uh, a lot of things seem to just work themselves out where somebody's going to go down with an injury at some point, and then it's like, oh, well, you're going to get playing time anyway, so we don't even need to talk about it or worry about it. It's a little nicer this year compared to last year when, when Shane Lemieux went down. It's like, okay, time to panic. We have nobody as depth. We have to trade you know, for They had freaking anybody. Kenny Wiggins playing. Like Zach, They had Zach Fulton behind Kenny Wiggins. Um, and Kenny Wiggins is the most athletic, ath- unathletic offensive lineman I've ever seen in a starting lineup before. Remember Larson? Is it, was, who was that? Ted Larson. He looked like a homeless man. Oh, my God. I messaged Nick Gates with a picture of him. I was like, I, this looks like the guy outside of 7-Eleven, Ted Larson. Like he, he looks like a homeless man. <laughs> Did Nick Gates like that? Did he did he yeah. appreciate that? He oh, he that, did. Yeah, he thought that was funny. Okay. Um, speaking of Nick Gates, I'm really hoping he gets healthy. We're not banking on it because uh, he's a much better center than John Feliciano. Um, and then we, I debated whether to talk about this or not, but I no, feel we're like going we should to. because I'm it hot. has to do with the current coaching staff. Feliciano did an interview. Um, and I, I don't know who it was with, but I, I, we quote tweeted it. So if you want to see it, check it out. Um, and they also like it cause he got benched last year by the Buffalo Bills. He got benched and he had a comment of like, you know, like how, how are you feeling when all the, you know, the play, you know, after the loss of the chiefs and he's like, uh, you know, he's like, I'll be honest, you know, I was, I was sad for my teammates, but he's like, part of me was like, you, you, you guys got what you deserve. Y'all, y'all got what y'all deserved. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, cause he was sitting on the bench and. 
one, I understand that mindset. Like, if you've been benched, the competitor in you wants that your team to lose, especially if you're moving on from them, you know, and you're and you're a vet. You know, if you feel like, you know, you've started a lot of games in the or decent amount of games in the NFL or jump for So I understand that. But also, you don't vocalize that. Um, two, and here's my, th- here's the thing. The only thing that really annoys me about it is you definitely don't vocalize it when the two guys who made the decision to bench you are now you're off your coaches and Brian Dable and Bobby Johnson. Like the, the, you know, Sean McDermott was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, but the decision to not play John Feliciano came from the offensive coordinator, Brian Dable and the offensive line coach, Bobby Johnson, you know, and also what do you mean they got what they deserve? They dropped 36. It was one. Of the, it was an amazing yep. offensive performance. If you've played nose tackle, maybe you know. And he talked about like they didn't have like that attitude out there. Yeah, he like, was well, talking about attitude. Like attitude would have been the main difference in that game. No, but they, they dropped 36 points. Come on, okay? and and like you were a subpar player. You know, and we he, we've I've watched him. You know, the people that we talk about with the Bills, like he was a subpar player. And the so, Bills offensive line got better when he was not on the field. Yes, like it, it did. It gelled more. They became a better, you know, running the ball, pass, you know, pass blocking. So just kind of a, just like a weird thing. And it comes out the same day that Bobby Johnson said his nickname for him is Dirtbag. Um, but that was in a, that was in a playful way. Yeah, that was, obviously. that was in a. But it was oh. just kind of funny. It's like Bobby Johnson says his nickname for John Feliciano is Dirtbag. And then an hour later, it's like interview with John Feliciano. Y'all got what you deserved. <laughs> Yeah, that was like in a glowing, in a glowing white collar, you know, Bobby Johnson saying dirtbag. Yeah. Um, Bobby Johnson, Rob's, uh, Rob Sale, are they like bald brothers except just Bobby Johnson has a beard, right? I was like... Dif- they, I mean, they're different races too. They are? Oh, my bad. My B, you, you, you love the O-line people, so I let you handle that. Yeah, the whole thing, with, whole thing with Feliciano is he talks like he's just this proven, like starter that's been I mean he's been around for a while but talks a bigger game than he actually plays and it's gonna get really old on me and I know not everybody's looking at John Feliciano quotes over the offseason but it's a signing that I didn't really like to begin with it was a signing that I felt was forced because he kind of just knows the system and he's gonna come in here and he's gonna be able to make the calls at the line of scrimmage which is very important but he's going to come in here. He's not going to be very good. I don't think he's going to be very good in pass protection. He's going to talk all this shit that he's talked this offseason about his attitude and that he's tough and dirtbag, all this stuff. He's going to come out. He's not going to be very good. And that's going to get really old on me as a fan. Going to get right old. now, he's their best option at center um, With if you're assuming Nick Gates is out. But there is a clear difference of like Nick Gates' level of play and John Feliciano's. Um you know, like I have more excitement for Shane Lemieux than I do John Feliciano. So it's just like, it was just a weird, it's like, dude, you know, the guys who made that decision are now your coaches. Yeah. So just kind of weird from John Feliciano. But. And we were talking about like leadership and grit and who's going to be the guy that's going to push everybody else around him. If if John Feliciano's talking like this, this offseason, he's going to be the guy that's going to push this rest of this offense line. I don't even feel great about that. I mean, I, what, what I, have you teammates. Okay, but te- okay, but you can't discount that. Like teammates, coaches, and stuff do like him. Okay, the reason he was benched is because of his play. Like he is elite. Like that. That is real. You know, obviously your play has to match it to be starting, but that's also not fake either. Like he is like a, a you know one of those guys. Yeah, I, I, this is very much fan Justin talking and not analyst Justin talking. Like it, it's it's annoying how he's talking, how he's talked about. He's hyped himself up this offseason. That's what he's done. That's what he's done. He's hyped himself up, thinking that he's the shit. And I get it as an athlete, you you kind of have to, but you got to back it up. 
And I'm excited to see if he's going to back it up or not. Julian has his hand raised. Not to be like contradictory, but I kind of like don't hate it at all. I, I want my center to to think that he's going to be the best one out there. And on the other side, like I like when players just don't give political answers. And that's that's what every player is thinking when they get benched. Like a little part of them inside is pissed or is happy when they lose because they feel like they would have made a difference. Would he have made a difference in a whatever 36 to 40 game, whatever it was? Like, no, he absolutely wouldn't have. But the fact that that's his mindset is is kind of good. Like, you think Carson Wentz was probably inside pretty mad when they won the Super Bowl and he wasn't in the game. Obviously, the right thing to do is to never say that to the media. But I don't know. It's it's fun to me when players, like, don't give political answers. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with, like, like I agree. Like that's what I said. Is I agree with that mindset. Like every player who's been benched has that mindset. You know, you know. I I got benched in a JV basketball game for I got in trouble, and I was like, I hope we lose so bad. I hope our center gets dominated. Like don't I understand that? But saying you got what you deserve to the guys who are now they're they're now your. It'd be one thing if Bobby yeah. Johnson and Brian Dable aren't here. You know, it, it would piss off Bills fans, but as Giants fans, we wouldn't care. But like the. The guys who got what they deserve are now your your offensive coordinator, your head coach, and your offensive line coach again. Yeah, it's definitely weird. Also, don't say whatever you feel. Um, and so that's that's all we got out of OTAs, Justin. Um, the other news is, is some guys that were signed. Signed, Jalen Holmes, defensive end, uh, safety, Henry Black, cornerback, Michael Chiquette, cornerback, Maurice Kennedy, cornerback, Khalil Dorsey, cut. Trent Harris, Miami guy. I hate to lose a Miami guy. Brian Lewerke. So we're going to need to add a fourth QB for camp. I'm excited to see who that will be. Uh, DB Jordan Mosley lasted two days. The safety out of, out of Maryland. And then defensive uh, tackle UDFA Antonio Valentino out of out of Florida. And one that's going to really sting Justin because he likes mm-hmm. him a lot. Raymond Johnson cut. Yeah, Raymond Johnson, it was tough to see him go. I, I didn't think he would make the team. Um, I, I just wanted to see him play in the preseason and play in camp. Because that's when he really kind of stood out last year. He was our favorite UDFA last year. I met him at the Candlewick Diner as he was walking out of the bathroom. I like him more than some of the other defensive linemen UDFAs that they brought in that are on the roster. Yeah. Um, I mean, different roles, though. I mean, they're they're more of like these bigger run stuffers, and Raymond Johnson's like a lighter guy. So they're he's different He's kind of the players. same role Jabari Ellis fits. Um, really? Yeah, are you thinking South- of... Um, are, you th- are you thinking of just... Or Justin, no J- Jabari Ellis, the South Carolina UDFA. Oh, 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 okay, all right. Yeah, not yeah. Justin Ellis. Um, so I, I mean, I, but also it's like I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be worried about Raymond Johnson. But I, but it was like if I was GM, I wouldn't have done that part. Um, Rooting some, for him. Some info on the guys they brought in. We'll go quick through this. Jalen Holmes was a 2018 fourth rounder for the Vikings. Was with defensive line coach Andre Patterson. Uh, in 2020, he played his most playing time, played two-thirds of the snaps, uh, played 35% of the snaps this past season with the Saints, six foot five, 283. Had, uh, in that 2020 year, he had 19 pressures, four QB hits, only one sack in his career. So maybe can be the fifth defensive tackle. Um, we'll see. The one who I think has a really good chance at making the roster is safety Henry Black, six foot, 204 pounds. He was the third safety for the Packers this past year. Like He played snaps in every single game in 2021. Um, and he played like 
like there was only two games where he played less than 15%. Like he was a part of their defensive rotation as that third safety and they moved him around a lot. He was versatile. You know, they he played the exact amount of snaps in the box and playing deep, you know, 30.9% and then 38% around at nickel. Um, he wasn't very good for Green Bay, but also again, we have our third safety is Dane Belton, a fourth round pick. And then two UDFAs and uh, Yusuf Corker and Trenton Thompson after him. So I think out of all these guys signed, he has the best chance to make the roster. Talk about Kennedy? Not yet. We could talk about him next. Maurice Kennedy, six foot one, one ninety three cornerback, twenty eight years old, was a six rounder for the Ravens in two thousand sixteen. In twenty seventeen, with Wink Martindale, he played sixty percent of the snaps in the nickel. Uh, in twenty nineteen, with the Ravens and the Jets, he played fifty percent of the snaps playing outside. He's got good size, decent um, athleticism, not great, not bad. Um, in 2019, though, when he did play outside, his his advanced stats, uh, 27 for 42 against him, 64%, 327 yards, 12 yards per reception, one touchdown, one interception. So not not horrible stats. And again, they're they're in need of outside corners. So, you know, he may be, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be cornerback two, but he might be the next guy up for cornerback two. Uh, Kennedy, our friend Maurice Kennedy, is now the second most experienced cornerback on the team. A word? Yeah. And that that's crazy to think about. Like, you even just go to the safeties, too. You have your, your one safety in McKinney and Love, or you have your two safeties in McKinney and Love that... You know, McKin- McKinney was the only full-time starter. Julian Love is like this rotational player that just like comes in. Up and down the secondary, there's like two there's now three or four players that have that have gotten more than 50% of defensive snaps in a given season. That's it. It's um Xavier McKinney, Dory Jackson, Maurice Kennedy, and then Darnay Holmes snuck in 55% of the defensive snaps in 2020 when he was a rookie. That's it. Those are the four players that have at least one season of 50% of defensive snaps in a given season. I'm worried about the secondary, Bobby. I'm worried. Yeah, and I would still like to see it to sign a little more of an established cornerback, too. Um, but Kennedy seems like the, again, like the fifth, you know, the fifth or sixth corner on the roster who has that outside ability, you know, with him. So I, I wouldn't be slating him in at cornerback, too. They also signed cornerback Michael Jaquette, six foot two, two hundred one pounds. He is an outside corner, and you, you see the size. He started two games for the Eagles in twenty twenty. Um, was targeted a ton in those games. He gave two touchdowns versus the Cardinals, uh, but he did have three passes defended and a forced fumble versus DeAndre Hopkins. Um, again, it's camp, not much on him. And then Khalil Dorsey, five foot nine, one hundred seventy pounds, uh, came from the Ravens. He's played in six games on special teams for the Ravens. So, those are your new additions, and we'll miss you. Raymond Johnson, and honestly, I'm, I'm a little excited to see who the new fourth QB is because I'd like to see someone different besides Brian Lewerke in the preseason. Yeah, right on. Jordan Mosley, you lasted two days. Supposedly Trenton Thompson, you know, little tweet, 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 little birdie said he had a, a rough uh, rookie camp picking things up. Mm. And then Valentino, you know, so we lose two Florida guys in Valentino and Trent Harris. So my tweet, Florida, tweet, tweet. Florida and Miami. All right, um, so Julian, why don't you read an ad? Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Live events are back, which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANTS. Mm. Promo code GIANTS. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. We've got the app on our phones. 
Whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more, SeatGeek puts, SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. I'm going to the Lightning game this Sunday and potentially Monday. Wow. How much are tickets for that? Uh, they're like 120 bucks. I got mine on SeatGeek. 120 bucks for the nosebleeds, and nosebleeds are honestly pretty good tickets for a, for a hockey game. You can still see everything. It was green. You clicked on the green deal score, right, Julian? Exactly, yep. Wow. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you're getting a good deal. Green means good. Red means bad. Look at I that. got green. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Don't worry, we've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. Mm. All right, I'll see if we miss any quotes since we are on there, and we and we did not. Um, all right, this is a little segment we do every single year in the off season, uh, and we didn't we didn't want we have an interview we're doing with Dan Schneier that'll be out on Tuesday, but we didn't want to put it out on a Friday because it's always a good interview. Um, so and get you Geek to go to the the truck race in Charlotte on May twenty seventh. Be there. We're gonna have a whole freaking party out there. Have fun, come have fun. Four o'clock Charlotte Motor Speedway, May twenty seventh. Be there. Be there. Be there. Be there. And then buy the cheapest ticket for the truck race. We're all gonna sit together. All right, Justin. Let's take our way too early look at two thousand twenty three free agency, um, which does like kind of signals like you know we 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 spotted Kenny Gall all day in this you know way before, so. Justin, I'm. F- what do you like? What's the position that you look at? You you know you look at it as a need for the Giants, and you look at the free agency crop and be like, this could be a spot that we get a guy. Um, secondary, right? Like cornerback or like so, but like the biggest contract they give out next year of a free agent, like is you be like cornerback or Cor- safety? Cornerback, yeah, cornerback. Okay, there wasn't a lot of cornerbacks I liked. No. Um, you know, I I can see it being safety. There's one big dog out there that I'm gonna bring up. Bring him home. Who are you thinking? Minka. I, we'll talk about it. <laughs> right, but let's start at the edge, Justin. Okay, um, sure. The first guy that was on mine was a guy who's played for Wink Martindale, Yannick Ngakwe. You know, he's been doing these one-year deals, and you know, he was a hot commodity for Giants fans and. After for 2020, ended up because he posted getting, a picture of LT, right? Rightfully slow, like that. <laughs> the Yannick and Gawkway train was kind of annoying. Um, and Yannick was partly annoying with that, too, the way he was, uh, you know, going out there. But he's gonna Leonard be 28 Williams years had, old. Hold on, hold on, I gotta say something. I have to bring up the whole Yannick and Gawkway versus Leonard Williams debate. Uh, Leonard Williams 2019 and 2020 was better than Yannick and Gawkway, and I think I was told I was crazy. Especially after 2019, like the, the 2019 heading into 2020, that was like Yannick Ngakwe insanity. And I'm like, no, Leonard Williams is going to be better than Yannick Ngakwe. And he freaking was. So I SMD. would hope so for 10 mil a year more. SMD. I don't care um, about money. I'm not Ty, paying him. It obviously ties with McMartindale was with the Ravens for a little bit in 2020. Um, had a good year for the Raiders this past year. You know, uh, you know, working with that pass rushing group, he had ten sacks, eight tackles for loss, twenty three QB hits. Um, you know, I can see him being brought in on like one of those one year, two year type deals. You know, where it is a, a good amount. You know, it's two years, twenty five mil. 
you know, or one year, 13 mil or, you know, 13 and a half mil. You know, it's you have Kayvon and, and Aziz as those guys there. I'm sure they would like to add a third guy into that mix, um, depending on uh, how well Aziz progresses this first year. Um, you know, if Aziz is awesome, then, you know, maybe you're not in the edge market. But if Aziz is just kind of like what he was last year or, you know, a little bit better, then it's like, okay, let's let's put together a three-headed monster through free agency. Yeah, that would be a luxury third ad, in my opinion. Like a luxury third ad. Yeah, but it's something that, you know, with a lot of good teams have those three guys. He had a good um, year last year with the Raiders. Yeah, had a nice bounce back. He didn't do very well in Wink Martindale's defense, but it also Wink Martindale's defense doesn't allow edges to get, you know, to rack up a bunch of stats. They no. any edge that's in Wink Martindale's defense has better stats the year they, they leave Baltimore. Yeah. Well look at look at Judon. Like he got that big money from New England. I'm sure a lot of people are like, should you have paid him that big money? And then Lone Bill did a really good year. He had thirty six pressures this past year on seventy two percent of the snaps, over twenty three QB hits, ten sacks. So I mean if you're if you're hitting that jackpot of you know, double-digit sacks, over 20 QB hits, and over 30 pressures. I feel like that's, like, the kind of rating and the the kind of nice little progression that I like to see. And uh, he checked all three boxes last year. So let's see what you do this year, Yannick. Maybe have a little bit of a down year, and then come to the Giants and be the number three. Did you uh, Do you have an edge guy on your list? I don't, because I'm not approaching edge rusher next year as something that um, I I'm interested in spending a lot of money on it was it was this year that I was like hey let's let's get like a Jerry Hughes in there let's get like a vet uh, but now that Kayvon is added and Kayvon's on the team that's not really an area that I look to a guy who would fit Wink Martin do really well um, Wink uh, Marcus Davenport you know the the Saints uh, defensive end uh, mm-hmm. you know he's big frame six six two sixty five he's gonna be twenty six years old he just came off his best season but he has missed time in every season too. Um, but this past year in 11 games, he had nine sacks, nine tackles for loss, and 16 QB hits, which is pretty good. Start, start, started to come into his own this past year. Um, you know, I, I wanted to throw him on the list, Marcus Davenport, as as a name to look out for. Let's, so let's talk about cornerback. Who's top on your list? Um, I don't necessarily have like a top, but I have one guy from Miami, Nick Needham from Miami. Almost 50% of man snaps in 2021, 74.2 QB rating allowed in man coverage. So Nick Needham, he's kind of on a little bit on the younger side too. So he's a guy that I have from Miami. Then Jonathan Jones uh, from New England. Uh, he was uh, originally a UDFA, but he missed some time due to injury in 2021, was one of the best graded man coverage corners in 2020. Um, so if he has you know maybe another season where he misses some time or if he has a little bit of a bounce back this year, um, I know those, you know, those, especially those Patriots guys, they don't like to kind of re-sign everybody. So Jonathan Jones coming to the Giants is somebody who uh, I would be quite, quite interested in. What was the Miami guy's name? Because they played a ton of Cover Zero. Nick Needham. Yeah, they blitz like crazy. So Nick yeah. Needham. Yeah. Do you need him? Yeah. Damn. We do. Uh, so we put. I I gave you my list of guys. So we're obviously have different guys. But Marcus Peters, obviously, you Big know, name. Ravens trade for him. He's going to be thirty years old. Um, you know, obviously a man cover corner who fit Wink Martindale, like excelled with Wink Martindale after, you know, struggling a little bit with the, uh, the Chiefs and the Rams where he was kind of like a boomer bust. Like Wink Martindale got the best out of Marcus Peters where he was a, a real playmaker for them. Um, and then Rockison, who was traded from the Colts to the Raiders, a former second round pick. Good in man coverage. Yeah. You know, like look at his advance. He's going to be 27. Look at his advanced stats this past year. 56.5 completion percentage against him, 248 yards, 9.5 yards per reception. 
not per target, per reception. That's really good. And then 5.3 yards per target. And then seven pass breakups. I'm really excited to see what he does with Patrick Graham and the Raiders this year. Because Patrick Graham gets the best out of his cornerbacks. So I'm really excited to see that duo next year. Yeah. Excited to see if Patrick Graham goes a little bit more man coverage and what he kind of want, wanted to do with the Giants. I mean, he's got pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. Uh, off-ball linebacker. Tremaine Edwards. Yeah. From the Bills, part of you know Joe Shane's tree. Twenty, he's gonna he's gonna be young, twenty four years old. Obviously, was a first round pick by them. Versatile, somewhere on the move to edge for in the Bills fan base. I don't think that's happening. Um, you know, he's racked up a lot of tackles for them. So if you know Tremaine, you know they move on from Blake Martinez, I could see them, you know, not wanting to fill inside linebacker with. You know, I mean, they they would if they don't keep Blake Martinez, they'd be going into free agency with Tay Crowder, Darian Beavers, and Micah McFadden. I almost would rather them look into like keeping Blake Martinez. Yeah, if he plays well, I would love to keep Blake Martinez. He's a yeah. very good player. There's uh, Devin Bush as well. If you want to really go younger, Roquan Smith, who I think is going to get the bag, right? Yeah, Roquan he, Smith is Roquan really, really Smith good. Will get the bag from the Bears. Yeah, and he's not gonna. He's probably not gonna leave. But yeah, looking at some of these other names, especially you know interior kind of off ball. Um, you know, if you kind of want to keep that position at kind of a a good spot, Blake Martinez is going to be thirty. After this year, and then, you know, even if he has a little bit of a down year, fantasy football data, second year off the ACL, that's when your body's in tip-top shape. So then next year, Blake Martinez will be the second year off the ACL injury, and hopefully he can play even better than he plays this year. So kind of keep him around. I also threw Denzel Perryman in there, 30 years old, seven-year starter. He's a trustworthy player. He's with the Raiders right now, played with the Chargers for a long time. Miami guy, so I've always kept an eye on him a little bit. Um, decent in coverage, um, just just a, a trustworthy player. You know, if they're not going to go big spending, but they're also, like I said, don't want to run with Tay Crowder, Darian Beavers, and Michael McFadden. You know, Denzel Perriman's a guy, a good guy to bring in that you could get for a three to four mil a year. Yeah. Do you have any off ball guys? No, no. Besides, I said Devin Bush, Quan Smith. Oh yeah. No. Safety. This is where, if there was one player that's in the next year's free agency, that we just went big game hunting. And I think the Steelers probably bring him back. It's Minka Fitzpatrick, man. Bring him home. Dude, he's a beast. You know, and he talk about versatile. Like, they played him at freaking cornerback at times in Miami. You know, he's played more, that you know, safety spot for Pittsburgh. You know, he played down in the box a little bit. Maybe not as much as he, more so than he liked. You know, that was a shot at Patrick Graham and Brian Flores. Like, if, if again, if you look at next year's free agency, if there's one, it's like, go, go big game hunting. Don't talk to me about safety positional value. Minka Fitzpatrick and Xavier McKinney being together would be deadly. And it's something that the Joe Shane uh, and Buffalo believes in with their safeties and Hyde and Poyer. And it's something that Wink Martindale believes in with their safeties and the Ravens. I would, that would be just be sexy. Minka Fitzpatrick and McKinney in the same, in the same safety room. I would be able to get a Minka Fitzpatrick interview. What, what are you talking about coming back home? I, I must not know this storyline. Minka Fitzpatrick and I went to high school together. You did? Yeah, he, he graduated a year before I did. So you, like, know him? Define no. Like, have you ever had his phone number? No. But I can get an interview with him. I would be, I would be able to make that happen. Is that a guarantee? I would guarantee that. How fun would it have to be have Minka Fitzpatrick on Wink Martindale's defense? I mean, he's a, he's a beast, dude. Like, he immediately paid dividends for the Steelers, you know, I remember when the trade stuff happened in Miami, 
And in fact, the use of Minka Fitzpatrick was the thing that had me most worried about Patrick Graham when he came in. Um, was like how they used Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they tried to put him in the box versus the Ravens that game when they got torched. And people, you know how it is. Anytime somebody's on the market, they're like, you know, it's like every fan base Should is we like, get him? trade him, trade for him. And at first I was like, okay, relax. And then I went and watched him play man coverage versus Diggs and Thielen in Minnesota playing cornerback. I'm like, oh my gosh, this dude is like really good. Like I, I, I kind of want Micah Fitzpatrick. Now we wouldn't have Andrew Thomas if we did that. So, um, I, I, I digress, but, uh, Micah Fitzpatrick, dude, I would love to freaking have him on this team. And he was a better running back and wide receiver in high school, which is crazy. You're 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 worried about his high. You you just want all these New Jersey guys to play offense. Jabril Peppers, safeties. I do. Um, I have one other safety who's a smaller name. Do you have anybody from the safeties? No, I mean besides you know the the big name hunting of uh you know Jesse Bates is going to be a free agent. You mentioned Jordan Poyer. He is going to be a free agent. Um, Poyer's on the plus side of thirty. He's going to be thirty two this year. Jimmy Ward from the 49ers. Um, I'm not giving up hope. Devin McCourty's still around, and I've been I wanting him to be want a giant. McCourty. I've been hey, come home, Devin McCourty. Come home. Wearing a Rutgers shirt, biased. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am wearing a Rutgers shirt. The one I threw in there is not much known, but Giants fans are known. He had two interceptions versus Daniel Jones. Who do you who is this player? Who is this is a good trivia question. I don't know. Taylor Rapp Bucks. from the Rams. Rams. Okay. Played that oh, I was just, I was asleep that game. He played the star position uh, for the Rams, you know, 25 years old. He'll probably come for pretty cheap, like, but he's like a, he's an important part. I think the Rams will try and keep him, but he's like, he's an important part of that defense, even though he's not like anywhere near the best player in that defense. So if they're looking for someone on the cheap, kind of reminds me of like what we would hope Dane Belton turns into as Taylor Rapp. Mm. Uh, you yeah. know, like if you told me Dane Belton turns into Taylor Rapp, like I, I would love that. And he's a huge part of their run defense. Like he's, they move him around uh, a ton. Um, Next on this list would be DraftKings. Slide in the stacks of cash this baseball season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big play day, uh, big payday during MLB season? With DraftKings same game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own uh, parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many bases will be stolen, stolen, total runs, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet just $5 and get $150 in free bets no matter what happens on the field. That's promo code JOHNBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. Can we talk quarterbacks? Actually, no. There's one more defensive guy I want to talk about. Julian, do you have like any betting tips? If the lightning Justin, loses. who's this guy you're talking about on defense? Wow, that was really rude of Julian. Just cut him off. It was rude of Julian. Tried to interrupt the show with gambling talk. Um, Thanks, Julian. I, I like having a producer with us because it's like I kind of like to be a bully, but it's like I can't bully Justin. So it's like I just can bully Julian. What do you mean you can't? You 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 bully you bully me like in spurts. Yeah, in spurts. I can't just bully. I can bully Julian at That's all. That's true. Time. Just permanently. I just threatened to fire him a little while ago. Um, Deron Payne from Washington. He's a beast. And he's going to get the bag. But you want to know what? 
That would be fun. Yeah, it'd be fun to add him to Leonard Williams' 25 mil a year. Yep. Dexter Lawrence. Give it to me, man. Money. It's not my money. Not um, my money. The cap yeah. is going up. The NFL is yeah, booming. Let's, I agree. Let's spend 70 million on the defensive tackle spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave Gettleman, you are Dave Gettleman. I am Dave Gettleman because just let's just get these defensive tackles in. We don't need any linebackers and then just have the best corners. How Dalvin every, Tomlinson's a free agent. Everything is good. DeAndre Baker's a free agent. Word. Eli Apple. Excuse me? Eat my apple? Eli yeah. Apple's a free agent. That is true. Eli Apple's a free agent every year because he sucks. Wow. Um, Even though I was kind of... Uh, I was, you know, whenever Twitter just bull, like, like, you know, I just said this after being a bully of the Julian. Anytime Twitter mm-hmm. just like has like everyone just makes fun of one guy, I just kind of like root for the other guy a little bit. But it was Eli Apple, so I wasn't really rooting for him. Um, all right, let's talk about some offensive guys. You did you say quarterback? Yeah, quarterback. I have a lot of quarterback names. Why we have Tyrod Taylor? Well, I was gonna have a conversation about how there's a lot of these quarterbacks that are here that don't that don't push the needle for me in terms of wanting him on the team besides Tyrod Taylor. Does that make sense? No. Well, I mean, okay, so Tyrod Taylor is guaranteed to be on the roster next year. They move on from Daniel Jones. Which of these QBs do you want? Because I guarantee I'm not going to Well, no, well, no I'm not saying that I do. My point is is that I don't think I would want any of these guys. So here here are the names that would be somewhat like, oh, maybe. <laughs> Baker, Baker Mayfield. Nope. Sam Darnold. Nope. Teddy Bridgewater. Nope. Case Keenum. Nope. Jacoby Brissett. Nope. Taylor Heineke. Nope. I'd think about it. Andy Dalton. Nope. Drew Locke. Nope. Geno Smith also out there, too. Nope. Double nope. Taylor Heineke would be the only one that's like, all right. He'd be a third-string quarterback. Well, who would the second string be? Tyrod Taylor. But, no, but who's the first? No, my point is, who in, a, in, a, in an offense in a, in a Giants world where we don't have Daniel Jones... That's what I'm talking about. Someone from the draft. Someone from the draft. So it would. Uh, it's not an automatic lock in my brain that if Daniel Jones is not here next year that we draft somebody. I don't think that's a then lock. Then they should re-sign Daniel Jones to a one-year deal. Okay. Um, okay. On the offensive side besides quarterback, tight end. Dawson Knox is out there. Yeah, Obviously, connection with Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable works a lot for them. I, I I'm going to be interested to see what Dawson Knox gets in free agency because I could see him getting like 12 mil a year, and I could also see him like getting, you know, seven mil a year. Well, these tight ends are getting like, like with the D- interior D line guys, they're getting like bananas money. Yeah, I mean, you look at but you look at Dawson Knox production, and it's maybe not it's not as good as you would think. By the way, Dawson Knox has talked about Mike Gesicki, Dalton Schultz, and David Njoku. They're 2022 AAV is just south of $11 million. That is a lot of money. But Evan Ingram got what? What was it? Nine, nine mil? He's guaranteed like $9 million this year. Yeah. Kaseki, I don't want. I need, if I'm paying a tight end that much kind of money, he needs to be able to block. And if he's only a receiver, he has to be better than Mike Kaseki, even though he's a good player. Um, Gasecki is also limited by like yards after the catch, too. There's a lot of fantasy people that have talked about that. Like, yeah, he's athletic. But just for whatever reason, he just does not get yards after the catch. So Mike Mike is a really good tight end, but he's not the type of tight end I'm breaking the bank for, and he's going to get that type of money. Yeah. Um, Dalton Schultz would be really nice, but he's not leaving Dallas. Austin Hooper's getting ten and a half million dollars. Yeah. Like what? 
That's why that's why my next name on this tight end list is Josh Oliver. He was just a guy I liked in the draft uh, in 20, uh, 2020 out of the third round out of San Jose State. Was drafted by the Jags. And then he was with the Ravens but didn't play much for them. Um, so he, he actually might be a guy who gets cut in training camp because they drafted uh, Charlie Kohler and Isaiah Likely. So uh, maybe he's not. Maybe he's on the 2022 free agency list for me. Mm. But he's just a guy from the draft. I remember we've been doing this long enough where it's like, oh, that's a guy I kind of decently liked in the draft, and he sucks. Um, which is like, like people like 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 last year I learned because I wasn't doing the draft stuff in 2018. People like people love Reggie Ragland in the draft. I was like, oh, that's why. Uh, Fun. Like, he sucks. Go off, King. Uh, interior offensive line. It's a bad class. Mm. I got a name. Give me a name. Mitch Morse. Center from Buffalo and Kansas City. I mean, Morse is solid, but like, he's not that. He's not like, he's not go out and give a freaking. Like, he's probably a little better than Glowinski. You know? I'll take that. That means he's better than Feliciano. He's much better than Feliciano. Yeah, but Feliciano got like two and a half, like three mil a year. On a one-year deal, Mitch Morse is, and, and I don't think Buffalo would let Mitch Morse walk. Anyways, right. I put I Ben Powers from the Ravens. They are always a, a willing to let guys walk. He started 19 games the past uh, two years. Was a 2019, 2019 fourth rounder. Um, so you know Ben Powers is a name to be. I'm not sure exactly how good he is, but he started some games and might be cheap. Um, wide receiver, Michael Hardman. Mike Kafka, he's going to be 25 years old. He caught 59 passes for them last year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Byron Pringle, another middling Kansas City wide receiver that's going to be a free agent. I think he's on the Bears. He is on the Bears. He's going to be a free agent. Uh, Okay. Um, Oh, you know who I love? Get Jacoby Myers in here. Loved him in Patriots camp. Yeah. Loved him. Not going to catch any touchdowns because that's just he doesn't do that. But he's going to be fun. Yeah, he's he's decent. Here's another draft guy who he this guy I'm I'm convinced he would be good, but he's injured every year. Paris Campbell from the Colts, the wide receiver from Ohio State, um, just a yak king. But he's just had injuries every year. But he'll be 25 years old. But I I liked him a lot. There's this guy named Debo. No, I'm kidding. Kidding. Rice and John's going to be a free agent. Yeah, yeah, I saw Debo same. Well, yeah, well, they had him listed as a wide receiver, disrespectfully, the tight end. <laughs> um, and then running back. Is there any running backs on this list that kind of... Saquon Barkley's going to be a free agent. Should we look into him? Is there any running backs on the list that you kind of pop... Marlon Mack was the only one where it's like he'd be a good like starter slash second string for cheap. Like he's on a three mil... Uh, he's, he got a one-year three mil, uh, million dollar deal this year. You know, nobody really like pops out i have enough anxiety about what are we going to do with saquon let alone thinking about what are we going to do in free agency next year for that spot so jamal williams would be a guy that i would love to root for he's pretty yeah fun to watch. jamal he's williams is on there um i wonder how the texans are going to use like i think max is going to get some good playing time I and mean, he was he was solid for the colts um missed some games but like he had over a thousand yards one season um so i i, Rex I like- I like I like Marlon Mack. All right, Justin, uh, why don't you read an ad? Because we kind of finished. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll read an ad to kind of to kind of wrap us up here. Athletic Greens. Everybody knows Athletic Greens. I've been talking about it. I'm continuing to lose weight, and I start off every morning with some AG One 
to give me some energy. It gives me focus so I can look at these 2023 free agents, even though it's like a year out in advance and it's a silly but good exercise. We got to do it because we got to have some things to talk about. So it's lifestyle friendly. AG1 is whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third party testing with athletic greens you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance so right now it's time to reclaim your health with just one scoop in a cup of water every day that's it until i start off my morning get a glass of water put some ag1 scoop some ag1 put it in my glass and i drink it to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply whoa of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash giants. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash giants. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I, I forgot to keep track of Giants stories, so we'll bring that back um, next Friday. Um, so the show is over, but speaking, it's not technically over, but if you're just all you care about is analysis, um, then the show is over. I lo- wait, I love that we're at this point of the offseason where now we can say, okay, the show's over, and then we just fuck around. Um, although I did, like, that was, like, the critique. You know, I was, I was reading up on some of their, you know, comments and stuff or, you know, reviews on the forums of the Andrew Thomas interview. People are like, it, it's just they didn't talk about, like, football. It's like, go listen to Andrew Thomas press conferences if yeah, that's I, all no. you can. So we, I, I thought the football questions I wanted to get, I, that interview – I can. I'm not super confident in our interview, or at least my interview um, ability. But I felt good coming away from that, especially for a guy, especially the, for a guy who is not very like open and you know outgoing like Andrew. Like I thought it, it was pretty good, you know. But it also helped that like. Hold on, we've that's been- a bad critique. That's a bad critique because the aha moment question, and he went into specifically what he did on it during his rookie year. I thought that was very good. And yeah, also, we had a lot what of you, good football talk. What are you looking to improve this upcoming year? He talked specifically. He didn't just say, oh, yeah, this, that, just becoming a better player. He said specifically, I am looking to improve this. I forget what his answer was. But that was like one of the last things that I, that I asked was, what are you specifically looking to improve for this next season? So it was very niche, nitty-gritty football talk. So I don't want to hear that. That's a terrible critique. Yeah, I mean, it's the best football answers you've ever gotten out of Andrew Thomas. Yes, in the New York Times. yes. I, the one part, you know the part that I enjoyed the most um, that no one really talked about? Sure. Was when I was like, I was like, man, I was pissed Robert Quinn got that sack on you. He's like, wasn't paying the run at all. I was like, I know. <laughs> you were like, saying just, that. I was like, dude, was just dipping the edge. Like that was a. That might have been my favorite moment of of the interview was was that. It's like, dude wasn't playing the run for even a second. Like uh-huh. that. That was good. But anyways, uh, a week from today, we're going to be in North Carolina, man. Are you are you nervous, excited? Why would I'm I be kinda, nervous? I don't know, because I don't know how many people are going to show up. No, I, I. so here's the thing. I was already banking on going to North Carolina anyway for the NASCAR race. Um, you know, I was going to go see the trucks, and then Saturday, um, probably going to go see the Hall of Fame and then go out during the night. And then Sunday, I bought my tickets via SeatGeek, bought my tickets already for the for the cup race. Got really good seats. I'm excited about that. So I was already going anyway. So I'm just, I'm really excited about that weekend to just kind of sit down, enjoy, and we're just going to plop up a table, a camera, some microphones, and we're going to talk to whoever's there and just have a, you know, talk giant. That's what we kind of do. 
it's going to be a fun time. So if you're in the area, please come out. Um, and I was thinking for Saturday, because we don't have like a plan for Saturday, is the Rangers play the Carolina Hurricanes that night, um, but it's not in Carolina. We could just go to like some sports bar and and just like go watch that game, you know, because I'm sure there'll be a, a good amount can of Rangers. We root, can we rudely root for the Rangers? I don't think Carolina Hurricane fans are like raiding sports bars. Like I think they're, yeah, I think you'll be fine, honestly. I don't think they care about hockey at all. Well, I don't really care about hockey. I just want to like rudely root for something. See, I, I you know, I, I don't, you know, I'm a Devils fan, so I don't have a rooting, uh, a vested interest. Um, although I am happiest for Rangers fans, this this joy that they've received. Good for New York. Yeah. Um, so, so come on out. Charlotte Motor Speedway, May 27th. We're going to be out there at like 3 or 4, uh, you know, get set up. Um, so come out, have a good time. We'll do a little live mailbag, get you on the show. Um, and then we'll all go into the race, sit together. You can bring your own alcohol into the track. Um, we're all going to go. You can bring your own cigars, which I will be smoking in the I'm stands. I'm not sure if you can smoke at the track. No, in, inside you can. Yeah, Dover. Just a couple. Dover and Martin. Well, Martinsville was too cold. But Dover a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you could smoke inside the track. That's crazy. Um, I'm doing it. So yeah, that's that's it's gonna be a good time. It'll be fun. Um, so, um, Julian, are you going? No, I'm not going. Is Snacks going? <laughs> Probably not. Is Danny King going? No, no. We haven't He's heard not? from him. Sorry, text him right now. Yeah, I'll text call him. him. No, give him a call. This is this is a podcast. Are you kidding me? Yeah, if anyone says like. Like, these guys are BSing on nothing. It's like, we told you the show's over. Yeah, we told you. Show's over. I love this point of the offseason where we can announce that the show's over. And it's crazy. Can I just say that it's crazy that we have to do that or else people will get upset with us? I think that's absurd. Just, like, get over it. I get it. it. I understand it. No, I don't get like, it. Like, there's no. Twitter accounts who got big and now they, like, don't talk, do what they did to big. It's like, you're annoying. Hello? Are you coming to North Carolina? Uh, no, I don't think I will. Oh, are you have right. food in your mouth? <laughs> yeah. All right, we're live on the podcast, so we, we were we were wondering if you're coming or not. All right, all right. So, uh, so don't be like Danny King and come to North Carolina. See ya. Yeah, eat shit. So, so we could get like two we could get two people with us on the mic at a time, you know. So, yeah, I will. Uh, I have I will bring two handheld mics, so you don't have to do the whole headphone thing. Yeah. So and make sure you scream into them as loud as you possibly can when you get them in your hand. Yeah, that'll really help. Uh, Julian, uh, Julian's gonna edit though. Edit that one. I'm not gonna. All right. So scream louder. All right. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back on. What do you think about putting the Dan Schneider interview out on Monday? Since we'll have it done. Um. Yeah. Why not? Sunday. I'm editing. I'm recording Bleeding Blue with Snacks. So then I'll come home and I'll just put it out. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, well, Dan Schneier will be out on Monday. We appreciate you guys. Uh, have a good weekend. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs> <laughs>